The Fieldhouse Files is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know that NBA and Pacer tickets tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So if you're already looking ahead, planning your schedule for November, a home game, maybe it's Milwaukee to see Giannis and George Hill. Maybe it's Memphis to see Jaron Jackson Jr. You'll want to go onto the app, use the easy two-tap checkout once you use the in-app panoramic seat view to see exactly where you'll be sitting at the game. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Inside the Barclays Center, welcome into another episode of the Fieldhouse Files here on The Athletic. I'm Scott Agnes. Pacers get their first one of the season, 118-108. Sigh of relief from the locker room. However, a couple injuries. We'll get into that and more. And I have a special guest, though, a guy you're used to hearing, but not as much anymore. Michael Grady, formerly with 1070 The Fan, now all over the Yes Network, doing an excellent job as the courtside reporter and host for the Brooklyn Nets here joining me after the Pacers win. And first of all, Grady, just how you been? What, what's new with you? Uh, it's, been, uh, it's, been, it's been good, man. It's been an exciting summer uh, here in Brooklyn and um, a little bit of a slow start, but I think a lot of teams around the league when you see when you have so much player movement uh, there are teams that are coming out of the gate a little bit slower than what folks anticipated and so uh, you say the same thing about the Pacers before their win over Brooklyn and you can certainly say the same thing about uh, the Nets still figuring each other out still trying to build continuity on both sides of the ball nevertheless though it's still been a fun stretch it's an entertaining group and uh, we'll see we'll see where the season goes it's a long way and for you it had to be an interesting July when you get the news of all these players Kevin Durant Kyrie DeAndre Noda coming to Brooklyn, making your job way more interesting, I think, and now way more visible. I mean, I think after the first game, NBA and everyone retweeting an interview post-game you had, I think it was with Kyrie. Yeah, you know, um, and that that those type of things you just don't anticipate, but they, they were doing things the right way in Brooklyn, and um, it was one of the, the selling points for me uh, when I came out here. It's just the culture that they were culture that they were building, um, the t- kind of guys that they had in the locker room and the guys in, in the coaching staff and in the front office, and that they were anticipating something big. I don't think they anticipated Kyrie, <laughs> KD, and DeAndre Jordan, uh, but they still had a strong belief in something special, and so that was that was fun to be a part of that ride, and I mean, things were fun and interesting a season ago with D'Angelo Russell and watching his growth and becoming an all-star and then making a playoff appearance a year ahead of schedule in a lot of people's eyes, so it's definitely been an interesting go go here, um, being able to cover Kyrie Irving and hang around and pick the brain of guys like Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan, and other guys has been a lot of fun, and uh, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here for sure, especially as KD gets healthy down the road. Does much change for you as a result of that outside of the additional attention or is it just your gamely routine and and that sort of thing is that all basically the same with higher profile players yeah you know it's um for me i'm 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 always you know a student of the game and so i I love observing different different players and had the pleasure of seeing a lot of different guys and establishing relationships with a lot of different guys um around the league of course uh, a lot of guys that have come through indiana um, and so with Kyrie Irving just being a, a, di- 
different, you know, personality. I know a lot is written about him, but he's been a joy to be around and, and, and a joy to talk to so far. Again, it's still a long NBA season, and there's ebbs and flows, there's highs and lows, but for everybody jumping on the whole, is he moody train? You know, I've been in Pacer locker rooms where there are moody guys. I've been in Nets locker rooms last few seasons where there are moody guys. Like, it comes with the territory. Um, the rare cases when you have a guy who isn't moody, uh, who doesn't have ebb and flow sure. in moods. And I think we experience it in our own jobs from day to day, whether it's a desk job, you work in a cafeteria, whatever it may be, there are good days, there are bad days, there are things from going well, and it may frustrate you. Um, so there are highs and lows with every job. And, I, and I, one of the things I'm noticing is when you have a high-profile player, things are generally overblown. You have a lot more eyeballs. People run with headlines and different things like that. So that's been an education, too, being around more high-profile players. Into that, and being in New York, the, just the number of media present at games. I mean, you have all kinds of agents. So many different things happen here, more so than say in Indianapolis. I'm sure you see that on a daily basis too, in terms of the media size and the interest level yeah. they're covering the team. There will be practices where it's two or three of us in Indiana. And that's probably never the case here in Brooklyn. Yeah, well, you know, last season there were probably 10 guys in the locker room covering uh, a Nets game and getting interviews. Uh, this season there's there have been about 50 in the first three <laughs> home games for the Brooklyn Nets. It's, it's night and day, completely different. Um, and so that just... It's for Kyrie Irving. It's just, it's pretty much the same old, same old. He's been a high-profile guy. People have been following him, writing stories about him, um, pretty much his entire career, especially once he got teamed up with LeBron James. For the other guys on the Nets, that's what's different. Uh, they've been really under the radar the last few years. If you're talking about a guy like a Karis LeVert, uh, a, a Jared Allen, a Spencer Dinwiddie, a Joe Harris, guys that have been here the last few years. You know, when they were winning 20 games in 28. Now, all of a sudden, you're play with, playing with Kyrie Irving. There are more people in the locker room, more eyeballs. If you lose, it's making the papers here in New York. It's not just uh, overlooked. And so those guys have to deal with the scrutiny, too, and what comes with the territory of playing with a guy as great as Kyrie Irving and eventually Kevin Durant. So that has been interesting to watch as well. Not on daily radio anymore in Indianapolis. How much do you miss that, That uh, which obviously clouds your schedule, it did that first year. But at the same time, you took it personally in terms of this is your city. All these people listening to this, this is your city, and you connected with them each morning. Yeah, you know, there's certainly a, um, a pride in that. And growing up in Indianapolis, growing up on the east side, going to Warren Central, doing radio at Warren Central, then going to Vincent University to do radio, then getting hired at WIBC, <laughs> turning WIBC AM into an all-sports station and be a, being a part of that growth, and then getting your own you know, sports talk show with, with Joe Stasniak and then doing that show for the better part of eight years. There certainly is a pride in that and then doing some television in Indianapolis and then doing PA announcing in Indianapolis. And so, uh, so yeah, you better, you better believe I loved every minute of it and I really appreciated the connection uh, that I still have with, with a lot of folks uh, in Indiana and the love is still there. It certainly was a lot of work and traveling on the road and, and, doing, and, and doing the nets and working with Yes Network um, and then doing a radio show each and every weekday morning. <laughs> but it, it truly was a labor of love. I still consider Big Joe a brother. I still consider those who listen to the show uh, as often as they could, you know, family. Um, but again, all things happen for a reason. You know, uh, one door closes, another door opens, more opportunity. Obviously, I'm much busier now with the, uh, with the Nets. 
Um, uh, not doing as much radio these days, but I'll start working with CBS really soon, doing NFL games and college basketball. And so, you know, again, all opportunities, um, you know, opportunities come, and it really is a, a blessing. So I'll never forget, always have a love and yeah. appreciation for that time in Indiana. And uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at or where I will go in the future without that time there. It's still amazing to me all the different things you had your hands in. I knew you were there, PA announcer, for so many years. I didn't even bring that up, but yeah, that was a part of you as much as anything. Oh, no. And now we can give you an opportunity to discuss the Pacers a little bit. First impression of this of this team: a lot of new parts. So far, a lot of growing pains, though, as well in this first week. It took them a week to get that first win. Yeah, you know, I, I think a, a, a lot of people are. Um the headlines are like through the roof and overreaction and stuff like that about how certain teams are performing in the early portion of the season. And all I can preach, it, preach is patience um, with so many moving parts. I mean, it was pretty historic watching this free agency and, and the player movement that we had around the NBA. And when you have guys coming from so many different places and joining on a team, and then you have a limited number of preseason games and training camp. I mean, training camp is what a couple, you know, a couple of weeks. You get some practices in. You only play a few preseason games. Really, the early portion of the season are almost like glorified preseason games. And so, what I saw with Indiana is you have three new starters. Both, all, all three came from different systems. And then you have Demonis Sabonis and Miles Turner playing in the starting lineup together when they rarely saw the floor together in the past. And so. You better believe there's going to be some, you know, a learning curve, and it's going to take some some time for guys to get on the same page. And there are teams that are clicking a little bit faster than others, but that doesn't mean that your team, whether it's Indiana, Brooklyn, whatever it may be, that doesn't mean that they're not going to click. It may they may just click at a at a slower speed than others. But once Indiana hits their stride, they're going to be strong, and they really performed well in, in this most recent game against the Brooklyn Nets. Sabonis was strong. Jeremy Lamb healthy, played extremely well, and Malcolm Brogdon is. Uh, I mean, he is as solid as they come with the way that he's performing and dis- distributing the ball and just being a steady hand for the offense. So uh, so when I look at Indiana, I look at a team that they're going to figure it out. Um, patience is certainly needed, uh, and they are going to be a, a problem in the Eastern Conference as the season goes along. And I think compounding the issue of so much player movement and nine new faces on this Pacers roster is the fact they went overseas. Both them and the Kings went to India, Brooklyn, right? Went mm-hmm. over to China, yeah. and both teams have struggled out of the great gates. How much do you think that has impacted both teams, or is that just an excuse? I don't I, think no, it is. I, I think it's very real. I, I think it's something that you and I can talk about, I think, within the locker room and with the coaching staff. If you ask them, they're not going to go there. I talked to Nate McMillan earlier. earlier. He didn't want to go there. Coach Atkinson didn't want to go there. They don't want to use fatigue as an excuse. But come on, um, you know, fly overseas to do all the necessary NBA PR things that they had to do over there and then have that long journey back. Um, it certainly, in my opinion, will take some time to get there, to get the energy back and uh, to get that rhythm going. Um, the Pacers certainly look like they finally got it in the, in the last game. The Nets are still really searching for that in terms of consistency. So those are a couple of things that are working against you in the early portion of the season. New faces, trying to build that chemistry, and then fatigue is a little bit more of an issue for you than other teams who didn't have to travel cross-country. I think what will be interesting continuing on is the bigs issue. And hearing Miles is going to miss signif- or not significant time, but he's going to be out probably at least a week as the, his, really his ankle swelled up badly in the locker room, did not come back out on the court, at least that I saw. Um, and in his absence, Domas really thrived as they could run the offense through him. 
Um, I, I, think I, sp- I should speak for a lot of Pacer fans. I don't know if everybody agrees that it's a good thing to not trade that man. Um, Sabonis is just a bully. And when you look at the Eastern Conference, and I know Drummond had success against Indi- you know against Indiana. Joel always Embiid does. Is, always does. Uh, Joel Embiid is a problem. Uh, you need physical guys. If you let a guy like Sabonis go, who are you going to replace him with? So Sabonis in this again most recent game against the Nets caused all kinds of problems and it was really it may have been the first basket of the game he got right into deandre jordan's chest deandre jordan a veteran big man strong guy right into deandre jordan's chest who backed off of him as sabonis got an easy dunk um you need a guy like that who's physical and then showing some showing some range too with the with the three-point shot so um i, I love sabonis's game i love his physicality and you need dogs on your roster and he's absolutely a dog and so um there it, it it stunts the growth of the chemistry between Sabonis and Miles when they're on the court together but I do think they're okay at the five position because Sabonis is just a beast and with Miles out this it felt like the court opened up a little bit more it's yeah. space was a little bit better and that opened things up for Sabonis to knock down a couple threes he wants to take more threes he worked on it he said all offseason and played the, the four with Lithuania but he just looks so much more comfortable at that five position on both ends yeah I think you said it. It's, the spacing is the real thing, and that's going to come with time with uh, with Miles and Sabonis out there together. And like you said, it's much more natural when Miles Turner is, isn't out there on the floor. And so you really got to see Sabonis shine in that situation. And there was really nothing the Nets could do as they were able to wear as they were, they were able to wear them down. So um, that is something that Indiana is going to have to figure it out. The fact that they may be playing better in this little stretch, we'll see. Without Miles Turner. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't get too excited about that because the Pacers will be at their best if they can figure out how to get those guys playing at a high level together. Last couple of draft picks hadn't been great for the Pacers. Get this, T.J. Leaf did not play tonight. Mm-hmm. Out of the rotation, at least for tonight. Aaron Holiday back out of the doghouse. He's back in. And Goga had to step in because Miles went down. What are your thoughts about uh, that point guard position and where T.J. Leaf fits in? And, and maybe it's time to give other guys a chance. Yeah, you know, um, I, I, I do like Aaron Holiday. I would like to see him get more of a shot. I like his aggressiveness out there when he's on the court. He's going to make mistakes. But I I'm okay with a guy, as long as it doesn't kill you, I'm okay okay with a guy making mistakes if he's going all out there on mm-hmm. the court and he's just an uber competitor. And so there's a piece of me that would like to see more of him for sure out there on the court. With T.J. Leaf, it always seems like a confidence and a, and a, a physicality issue with him. He, he certainly has basketball skill, but there are dogs out there on the basketball court. And when he competes against a dog, I see him really, I see him really struggle. And then, uh, and then Goga just had some issues there in, in the pick and roll situation, and it was just too easy for guys to get baskets at the rim. And so, um, the 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 plus minus for Demonis Sabonis was through the roof with like a plus twenty six in this game against the Brooklyn Nets, and it was because he was the more physical guy, and he was just extremely strong and was a force out there on the court. And when he was not on the court, that was a noticeable difference. Goga does a lot of good things, but especially defensively, you can see his mind racing, and he's tries to figure out what he's doing. And also offensively, I've noticed he doesn't set very good screens at least thus far. Very soft and kind of cuts too early, I think, to get towards the basket. But I think he'll be a player at least so far yeah we shall we you know we shall see and the way he plays is kind of the knock uh, fair or not against international guys to say that they're not as physical not as tough well 
Sabonis is pretty physical yeah. and pretty tough. So yeah. some, it's just a case of some guys Some guys have it, some guys don't. Some guys need the game to slow down for them a little bit. And some guys just need to feel the physicality of the NBA, NBA game and then in the next offseason decide whether or not that's something that they really want to be a part of. Do they really want to be a guy that's battling and banging um, with other players? Uh, the Nets have a guy in Rodion Tukuruts who plays a, a small forward position who really talked about the physicality and even the trash talk that he experienced on the basketball court, which he never experienced in international ball. And so he had to spend a lot of time in the weight room in the offseason, getting mentally tougher. And he struggled a little bit in the early going of the season, but he really took that as a challenge. Uh, Goga's going to have to experience that this season, the physicality and what he needs to bring. And we'll see in the future whether or not he elevates his level of play, does things necessary to be able to compete at this NBA level. I think thus far the other thing that stands out, MG, is the fact that the Pacers are so dominant on the starters, with the starters, four of them with 20-plus points, Miles, of course, going out. But notably, Doug McDermott getting 32 minutes. If he could just give you something like eight points on a couple of threes a game, that'd go a long way, but can you rely on that? Yeah, I mean, it it should be really easy for him to be able to uh, get at least 10 points a game. Uh, He should be a guy that's knocking down a couple of threes, and then just on backdoor situations, he should get a couple of shots at the rim too uh, and you add a couple of free throws in there that's an easy you know 10 points a game obviously there are a lot of eyeballs on him he has to do things on the defensive side of the ball to stay on the floor uh, if he's struggling on the defensive side of the ball he may not get the minutes to get the looks <laughs> that he need, that he needs on the offensive side of the ball to get the double figures um, but he's a guy I, I certainly look to see more from uh, but if you're playing for Nate McMillan it's very clear where you need to be proficient in if you want to see minutes and that's the defensive side of the ball Anything stand out to you otherwise about the Pacers or uh, big topic of conversation running through your head? I, I think just I think just wait and see. I think it's I think it's a storyline across the uh, across the NBA. Again, some teams are clicking faster than others, but that doesn't mean the teams that are starting slow won't click. And so, for anybody jumping off the bandwagon to say it's the same, you know, struggling <laughs> with the team, for that, it's, man. it's far too soon for that. There are so many things that have to work itself out this this uh, this NBA season. Uh, the Pacers have been on the road quite a bit, um, uh, and and so and with all. All these new faces, I think you're going to struggle when you're trying to build continuity, communication, strengthen all that chemistry and rhythm when you're away from home. And that'll get better and better over time. It'll get better the more home games they get, the more practice reps uh, that they get, and as they build that chemistry. But the fact that they can play well defensively when they want to will give them a chance. They have a point guard who can control the tempo and the flow of the game better than any point guard that they've had uh, in some time. Oh, and then Victor Oladipo. May, we haven't even talked yeah, about it. He might show up. Vic, Vic might show up at some point. So the Pacers will be fine. I think the big word, again, that should be said around the NBA is just patience. The Nets don't suck. The Pacers don't suck. There are other teams around the league. They don't stink. They're just figuring things out. You are a fashion guy. Last thing. Blazer, T-shirt, and fanny pack for Victor. Yay or nay? <laughs> he's been he's that's been wearing a, that the last three road games. You know that's a that's a yay. I went to a uh, theme park with the family uh, uh, just before the start of the season and had the fanny pack rocking. <laughs> yeah. So wow. fanny packs are back, uh, and uh, I love it. And so I'm a, I'm a I'm a fan. Two thumbs up, Vic. <laughs> well, we're so glad you're doing so well. Recently engaged and, and thriving here in New York. It. We miss you. Appreciate. But uh, good to see you as always, and thanks for taking the time. I miss you guys too. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks as always. That's Michael Grady of the Yes Network. Work here with the Brooklyn Nets. Pacers winning in Brooklyn 118-108. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fieldhouse Files. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe on all major platforms, and we'll talk to you again soon.